Dear Jesus, we just thank you so much, Lord. We thank you for the time that we got to spend with you in worship, Lord. We just pray right now, Lord Jesus, that our hearts are open to you, Lord. That we're open for change, that we're open for growth, Lord. That we are open to be set free tonight, Lord. That we're open to just change our hearts and our mindset, Lord. We just praise you and we thank you for everything that you're doing in this town, Lord. We thank you for everything that you're doing in the people in the town, Lord. We just pray that as we, we go over the sermon, Lord Jesus, that it's you speaking and not me. I know that Brandon died years ago, Lord Jesus. It's you. So we just pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you speak, you move, Lord. We just praise you and we thank you and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, you know, there was two farmers. There was two farmers and they were both in very bad, deep need for rain. They both needed rain so very bad for their crops so that way their crops could grow. So what they did is they both began to pray. They both began to pray for rain, which many of us are doing right now. They're, they were praying for rain. And one farmer, he went out and he prepared his crops for rain. And the other farmer, he just prayed for it, but he didn't prepare his crops. Now, which one of the farmers had the true faith? The farmer that prepared his crops. Now, a lot of people in our lives, we, we, we like to pray for things, but we don't truly believe it. We don't prepare our crops for, the, for what's going to happen. We just pray it and we just keep doing our thing. We don't actually expect a change. All the time I see people pray for things and immediately they go and try and fix the things that they just prayed for and instead of relying on God to fix it, they go and try and step in and be God. We talked earlier about uh, you know, the commandments and using Jesus' name in vain. I believe that when we pray and we do not have faith, you are taking the Lord's name in vain because you're not praying and believing it. I can guarantee you that if you don't have faith... This Bible means nothing to you. You want to really know why churches are dead? It's not because of our lack of love, because we seem to have the love and grace part down, but we don't have faith. Amen. You can't have love without faith. Faith is what develops your love because you've got to love so much because you have faith that there was a God that came and He died on the cross for you. And that's where the love comes from. The problem is, is we don't like to look at the faith part, especially here in the United States. When we get a big bill... We like to try and fix it on our own, not trust God. We've got to learn to trust God in everything. So if you would, go with me to my first scripture. And my first scripture is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Let's talk about this word faith a little bit. Alright, it's up there. So Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of, about what we do not see. See, I'll tell you guys that none of you guys in here will see, you know, you're probably not going to see Jesus until you die. So the first thing that you have to do is you have to believe that He's real and that takes faith. That takes serious faith because you can't see Him. You can't walk up to Him and say, Hey Jesus, how are you doing? But you've got to have faith that He is real. Let's look at some things in our life that require faith. We, we all drink soda. We all trust that when we drink a can of soda, that someone didn't wipe their nose and put the, the junk in the actual soda. We have faith in people, humans. We have faith in doctors that when they do surgery, they're not going to leave a little cloth in there. And sometimes they do when they close you back up and then they've got to reopen you. We trust them. We have faith in them. We put faith in so many man-made human things, cars, all these things that we put faith in, but we don't know how to put faith in God. We think that we have faith, but faith is not demonstrated here in the United States because if it was, there would be a change. The reason why we're not seeing a change is because we're not preparing ourselves for the change. We've got to expect that we're going to see a revival in the youth. We've got to expect that we're going to see a revival in the United States. We've got to start preparing ourselves for it. 
That's the whole point of it. That's faith. Go down with me to Hebrews 11.6. It should be, you know, it's right there. And it says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. All the time. All the time. People tell me that they're saved. That they're saved. But faith is where the salvation's at. Faith is where the salvation's at. We look at everyone that is in the Bible. They all had one key thing, and that was faith. David, he had a lot of love for you know, the women in his life, but he, was a, he killed a lot of people. But I'll tell you that David was a man of great faith, and he chased after God's own heart. But he was a man of great faith. From the age of a young boy, he seeked after God's will, seeked Him earnestly, and that was where he was rewarded because he seeked. A lot of times in our lives, we're looking at things and we're like, well, how come God doesn't ever bless me? The reason why He's not ever going to bless you or give you anything that you actually pray for is because you don't even believe it. And that is where the Bible comes, becomes completely worthless because we can't even please God without faith. We can't even make Him happy. We could come in here and worship for hours and we could get all pumped up. But if we do not have faith, it's impossible to please Him. It's impossible. Faith is where the pleasing's at because you trust in something that you can't see with your eyes. When you know you got that huge bill coming up, and instead of going out and trying to work more jobs, you got to trust that God's going to provide for you. Philippians 4.19 says that my God shall supply all my needs. And Luke tell, it tells us that if we, as people, God knows that we need the things that the pagan world chases after, and that He'll provide them for us. But the problem is, is we want to fix things on our own. We've got to have faith that God's going to meet our needs. We've got to have faith because you can't please Him. You cannot please God. This is what makes Him happy is when you have faith and you trust Him. You've got to trust God. This is where the, the battles when we talk all the time about Believing things and believing and praying and worshiping. I hear all these songs about faith and earnestly seeking God and believing the things that He's going to do. But how come the songs that we sing don't translate into our lives? We can get up here and worship God and think how great He is, but the whole time we're worshiping, we're thinking about what we're going to eat after night. Because our focus is not truly on God. You know why it's not? Because we don't have faith. If we had faith about what our God was and how mighty He was, I think that a lot of us would do a lot more things. We would be more pumped up about seeking God earnestly if we truly had the faith that we were supposed to be at. That's what God's calling us to. That's what He requires. Now there's things that feed your faith. One thing that feeds your faith is prayer, worship, reading your Bible. All these things feed your faith, but I'll tell you that there's a lot of things that starve your faith. I'll be completely honest with you, TV's a, a faith starver. We watch Criminal Minds, NCIS, and all these things, and all they do is create fear. Fear that you can't go outside your house at a certain time because you're going to get killed. All it does is create fear for people, and then we allow people in our lives to watch these things, and it just creates fear. It plants seeds of fear. We got everything that is so evil in our lives. We got video games, we got TV, we got everything, and it seems to come in this little box form, a little square. These starve your faith. You can't sit in front of the TV for six hours and say, hey, I have great faith. That's not demonstrating it. That's not demonstrating it. Demonstrating faith is by saying, hey, I am going to seek after Him earnestly. 
It's impossible to please Him without faith. I just showed you that faith is believing in something you can't see. If we're going to preach this and we're going to say we believe it, then you've got to believe what the Scripture says. And the Scripture says that we cannot please God without faith in what He can do. Too often we have God in this little box. And God's not in a box. Just because you put Him in one in your mind doesn't mean He really is in one. We've got to have faith. We've got to seek Him. I'm not telling you guys that right after you leave this, you're going to be all pumped up on faith. It's a growth process. You're not immediately going to receive healing and spiritual healing and physical healing and all these things right when you leave outside. Because faith is a process. You've got to grow it. David started with killing a bear and a lion and then he went out and killed a giant. His faith grew. As he grew up, his faith grew. And that's how it's supposed to be for us. But too many times I see Christians are just happy with being right here. They're not happy with... They don't want to step up and say, Alright, I need more faith. They're content with being in the background and saying, hey, I'm done here. We're okay with getting to heaven with flames on our back. That's what the United States is teaching us. We're okay with that. I don't see that in the Bible. It says that the gate is narrow to heaven and it's wide to hell. And I just read you a scripture that says, without faith it's impossible to please God. But so many people don't have faith. So if you're sitting there and you're like, wow, I don't really know if I have faith, then your salvation comes into question. It's so easy to proclaim faith, but it's a lot harder to walk in faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith, not by sight. So many people say, I walk in that. Then the minute the electricity bill gets there, there went their faith. Then they turn off all the lights and say, we got to cut back. Faith is right out the door. Faith is such a word that's thrown around. We put faith in humans. We put faith in all kinds of things, but we can't put it in God. That is what is really sad. Go with me to my next scripture. We're going to be in James. James chapter 2. And we're going to be in verse 18. And verse 18 says this, But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. We're going to jump up to verse 26. And verse 26 says, It says this, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. I just read to you that without faith, you can't be saved. Without faith, it's impossible to receive salvation. All the time, people are saying, yeah, I believe in God. Believing in God is pointless. Demons believe in God. It's about your faith. I'm not going to argue with you. Love is the most important thing. It's all throughout Scripture, but we cannot love without faith. We've got to have faith in the all-awesome God. Because just as the body is dead without the Spirit, so faith is dead. It's dead. I look around people all the time and I see that faith is dead. I think it's crazy because, you know what, I'm not against doctors and I'm not against those things, but we'll pray over someone and then as soon as we're done praying with them, they're like, well, now I'm going to go to the doctor and get checked out. You just said, all right, God, I trust you, but I trust this doctor a lot more than I trust you. And some of you are sitting out there like, well, I do that all the time. 
I'm not saying I'm against doctors. I'm not against them because there's different levels of faith. And you grow and you grow and you grow. But you know what? The problem is, is we stay at this stage the, our entire life. We can't be here forever. You can't stay here. You've got you've to grow. You've got to be different tomorrow than you were today. We've got to grow our faith. Faith has got to be something that we're working on daily. Amen. Growing in. Walking by it. It's so easy to say we have it. Guys, how often... You know, we, we talk about all the time. What is it? 75% of the United States claims to be Christians? 85 Whatever the crazy statistic is. Alright? We have a ton. Every time I talk to a believer, you know what I get all the time? They say, hey, you're, you're legalistic. Because you want me to change my lifestyle, that's legalistic. The Bible says that your deeds, your deeds should be those of Jesus. 1 John 2.6 says that whoever claims to walk, must walk as Jesus walked. It doesn't say, hey, once you said that little prayer, you can do whatever you want. That's not in there. Heck, the little prayer is not in there. That's a little prayer that we created. You know what my Bible says? It says, those who love me will follow my commands. That's what it says. You want to know what real love is? It's telling people, hey, you need to stop doing the sin you're doing. You need to get real with God and you need to step up. That's real love. That, not the love that says, hey Aaron, here's a donut. Go, I'll see you next week, buddy. That's not love. That's no faith. You know why we're not seeing change and we're not seeing things is because the pastors who are preaching this don't believe it. They don't have faith. I'm not going to tell you I have everything cued and I have it all down. I'll tell you guys, you know what? I give faith sermons all the time because you know what? I was born blind in my left eye. I was born blind in my left eye. Okay, I don't believe anything bad comes from God, so I believe it's a work of Satan. Now, Romans 8.28 tells me that everything that is good, everything will work out for the good of the believer. Alright? So I believe Romans 8.28. Now here's the thing. In my life, I've had a choice to either say, you know what? I'm not going to trust that eventually God's going to give me healing. So what I've done, MMA, okay, I, tra- I train, I fight, do spend hours training. I can't fight legally for the state of California blind in my left eye. But you know what? I've prepared my crops for rain. I train, I fight at the casinos where I am allowed to fight. Every time I check the doctor, it's a little scary. Never know if they're going to clear me, but they have so far for four fights. We've made it this far, and I'm going to trust that God is going to set me free if it's of His will. We've got to walk in it, though. That's preparing the crops. Do I go to God every day and say, God, I, oh Lord, I want your healing. No, because 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says that He bore everything on the cross. Sin... He took it. Our diseases, our sickness, He took it. He took our spiritual pain. He took our sickness. He took every type of pain that we could ever have. He took it to the cross. you got to stand on it. you got to declare it in your life. That's how you see change. You're not going to see change by just doing the same thing you're doing every day. It's got to grow. It's just like lifting weights and everything else in life. If you don't mix it up, you're not going to see any growth. We as believers have got to be growing. We've got to be changing. It's a process. Uh, If you guys would, I've got a couple scriptures I want to share with you guys. A couple more. Go with me to John chapter 14. And it's verses 12 and 4. It's verses 12 through 14. And it says this. Very truly I tell you, 
Whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. You know what? I, a lot of times people tell you, hey, you know what? You can't pray for whatever you want. You won't receive it. But the Scripture says it. But here's the problem. Here's the real thing. As believers, we're so caught up in what we want. Our timing. What we want. That's our problem is God, He wants us to be seeking after His will. And once we're seeking after His will, we won't pray for anything that's out of His will. So then when we pray for things that are in His will, He will grant them to us because they're of His will. But the problem is, is we don't walk in His will. And when you don't walk in His will, then you don't demonstrate your faith because when you're not walking in your, His will, it doesn't show that you trust in a God that's mighty and powerful. It shows that you trust in yourself. I just read you a scripture that tells you, whatever you ask for in my name, you shall receive for the glory of the Father. You're probably like, well, I've never even seen anyone be healed. I've never seen spiritual healing. I've never seen anybody be set free. I've never seen any of that. When I say healing, I mean healing physically, spiritually, emotionally. From drugs, addictions. I don't think that there's anything my God can't set you free from. That's healing. That's faith. God's calling us to be set free in every aspect of our life. Healing in every aspect. That's what God wants for you. He wants good for you, not harm. That's what He's calling of your life. But the reason why we're so broken and jacked up is because we don't really believe the Scriptures. We don't understand it and we don't even stand on it. Do you guys know that there's over 3,000 promises in the Bible? 3,557 promises in the Bible. Do you think that God would have 3,557 promises in the Bible and not really come through with them? Well, as believers, we don't believe them. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says that every promise is yes. You know why we don't receive promises? Because we don't have faith. We don't actually say, hey, you know what? I believe this. We pray for things and don't expect them to come to pass. When really we should pray for things. All the time I hear blessings and people are like, well, I prayed for this and it happened. We shouldn't even be praying for those. We shouldn't be pumped up about the blessing because we should expect those types of things to happen. Because we should be preparing our crops for the rain. That's what we're here for. Amen. That's the whole sole purpose of our life is so that way we can affect the people around us. But you can't affect people if you don't believe what you're preaching. Amen. That's the problem. We don't believe it. We've got to rise up. We've got to step up and say, I am going to believe it. Amen. I'm going to stand on the 3,557 promises that are in the Bible. I challenge you to go home and look up some of the promises. There's Proverbs 16.3, Proverbs 3.5 and 6, Philippians 4.19, Philippians 4.13. They're all throughout the Old Testament, the New Testament, everywhere because God declares promises over your life. But if you don't have the faith to receive them, you're not getting nothing. Nothing. We've got to decide what we want with our lives here. We've got to decide where we're going to rise up or whether we're going to step back. This is the key. I'll tell you guys right now that God is drawing a line. There's a line that's believers and a line that is non-believers. He's saying, hey, either you're for me or you're against me. And the line's getting really thick right now and people are getting on whichever side they're on. And I'm asking you, what side are you going to be on? 
I just showed you that you can't please God without faith. Faith is the only way you can please God. Are you pleasing Him in your life? Go with me to my next scripture. My next scripture is uh, Psalms. Psalms 34, verses 19 and 20. And before I read this uh, to you guys, I want to give you guys a little background. Okay, I just got married uh, almost three months ago. Alright, but you know, that was awesome. It was good. We, we got back from our honeymoon. We're back one week. Okay, so we started kind of getting back into the swing of things. And I get a call. I get a call, and it's a call that Simone, my wife, has been in a car accident. A really bad car accident. And I was, the woman didn't really tell me much. She just said, hey, your wife's in a car accident. I think she's okay. Uh, she's at Sierra View. And I said, okay. So uh, I, I was actually stranded at my house at the time. So I called my dad. He had to drive all the way down. Him, Carolyn, and mom, right? They drove all the way down. They picked me up. We went to the hospital. I go to the hospital. Simone had flipped her car. So you can see it's thrashed. She flipped her car, rolled. She did all kinds of crazy stuff. She got out of the car. She walked to someone's house. And from her, some of the person's house, they called 911. Now, a lot of people would be like, wow, you know, where's God's favor in that? Here's God's favor. Simone walked with no broken bones. She healed in a few weeks, three weeks. And, you know, we look at everything. And I told you guys that I don't believe that God puts bad things on you. So in my belief, I believe that Simone's got an anointing and the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, no, it's not, it's not her time. Okay, now here's the thing. This was a Goliath in Simone's life, okay? Now, let me read these scriptures to you real quick. It says this, The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. None of them will be broken. I'm telling you guys that that's a promise. But if you don't declare it in your life, then that promise means nothing. If you don't believe the promise, it means nothing. Well, here it is. I, was, I asked Simone, so Simone, what happened? Simone goes, well, I was looking for... I reached down and I was looking for my sunglasses. And I said, ah. Oh. So she was looking for her sunglasses. She swerved and swerved and she flipped. Well, she said that immediately when she was in the air, she began to pray. She was like, Lord... Please protect me. And that was all she said. And I was like, wow, you know, that's, that's a powerful prayer, Simone. But she meant it. She had faith. She had faith that God was going to protect her and that God was going to deliver her. I just read you that verse that says, the righteous, the ones who believe, the ones who have faith, they will not be shaken. The problem is, is we don't believe. We don't believe that no matter what the situation, God's going to deliver us. We always want it to be on our standards and our things, but God is trying to allow you to be molded and broken into the man or woman of God that He's created you to be. You know, faith is such a, a big thing in our lives. And as we grow, God's calling for bigger giants and bigger defeats of the enemy. But without faith, you probably won't even get past the first giant. Let's go with me to my next scripture. And my next scripture is uh, Galatians 3.11. And it says, Clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God, because the righteous will live by faith. Now the righteous, it's crazy to me because the righteous are the ones who live by faith. Wow, it's just so, so plain right there. It doesn't say the people who love and have mercy and grace on people... 
It says the righteous will live by faith. You know what? In, in, in Corinthians, it tells us that we should be so... People should look at us and be like, Oh, those guys are crazy. And you know why they should look at us? Because they should look at us and be like, Man, those guys have radical faith. They believe what they say. They don't just go in, sing a couple songs, leave different. They actually believe it. That's where the change is at, guys. You want change in your life. You want change in your family. You want change in your health. You want change in any aspect of your life. You've got to trust God. It's not going to be a psychiatrist. It's not going to be any of that stuff. You've got to trust God. God is the, the great physician in every aspect of your life, but if you don't put trust in Him, He can't do anything. He can't can't work unless you allow Him to work. All the time people tell me that God's the one who grows us. No, He is the one who grows us. But He says, Bill, I'm giving you a chance to grow. And we decide if we want to take the growth or if we want to allow the growth to pass us by. That's the problem with us. We don't want to grow because you know why growth is painful. We'd rather allow it to pass by. Growth is where it's at. If you're not growing, then I question your salvation because faith without action is dead. We talk all the time about plateau and being the same. If you're the same, where's your faith? If your faith isn't elevating every day, then where is your salvation? We've got to be changing. We've got to be letting go of the things in our life. My next scripture for you guys is Luke chapter 7. And it's uh, verses 7 and 8. Okay, now, before I read this to you guys, this is the story of the centurion. The centurion okay? And he had great faith. And Jesus even says, this is the first guy that you hear that Jesus says, he had the greatest faith in all of Israel. Okay, now I want you, this is what he says. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go and he goes. And that one, come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. Before we talk about it, let's go to Luke chapter 4, verse 13. And it says this, When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. And then if you jump to verse 32, it says, They were amazed at his teaching, because his words had authority. Now we're talking about Jesus here. His words had authority. I just showed you two places where Jesus had authority over the situation. The centurion, because he was a man of authority and he was a man that understood the authority process that if he told someone to go, they would go and if he told someone to come, that they would come. He understood the authority, so he said, Hey, Jesus, I don't even need you to come to the house. I trust in your power. I have faith in you. Just say it. And I know that you have the authority to give me healing. Give my servant healing. As believers, our problem all the time is, Hey, you know what, God, I, uh, I need to see you in this situation. I need to fill you. When really God's saying, I need you to put my, your faith in me. Amen. We talk all the time about trusting in God. And really the real question is, is, can God trust you? Can He say, hey, I'm going to trust you with this. Now don't let me down. The problem is, is we can't because we're so focused on our own glory. 
But we look at this, and Jesus had just come back from 40 days of tempting. He was just, he had went without eating or drinking, and he was tempted by Satan. Satan came up to him, threw whatever he had at Jesus. Of course, Jesus said, hey man, that's whatever. Alright, he got rid of him. Then he leaves, and he's filled with the Spirit. The Spirit comes upon him. Then he walks, and he starts doing his miracles. Everyone's hearing about him. And they say, wow, this guy preaches like he means it. Then the centurion, a couple chapters later, says, I have to understand the authority. We as believers have got to understand that Jesus, the God who walked the earth, the one that did miracle after miracle after miracle, set people free, is the Jesus that's living inside of you. Amen. That's our problem. We don't understand this authority process. We don't understand that when we say, Hey God, I need your deliverance. I need you to set me free. We don't understand that He'll do it if we believe and we say, Hey, I'm going to submit to your authority. I'm going to live in your will. Am I saying you're going to pray for a Ferrari and you're going to get it? No, that's not how it works. You've got to walk in His will. You've got to walk in what God calls you to do. And that's when you'll start to see and reap the blessings that God has given you. That's when you see the change. That's when you see the breakthrough is when you say, God, I'm submitting to you. I understand this. I'm going to put it all in you. I don't see it. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will, he will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. If you put faith in God, He will go before you. He will be the one that sets you free. He will be the deliverer. But the problem is, is He wants the glory. That's the thing. He wants the glory. But our problem is, is we want the glory. We want to give glory to anything and everything that's not of God. Jesus wants the glory in our life. He wants us to be set free. He wants us to walk in what He's called us to walk in. But we can't do it if we don't trust Him. We don't put faith in Him. You've got to understand that the authority of Jesus Christ is living inside of you. We talk about knowing who you are in Jesus Christ, knowing that Jesus loves you so much that He came and He died on a cross for you so that way you could be set free. And you know what we decided to do? We said, hey, Jesus, I know you did this for me, but I still don't want to be set free. I'd rather allow Satan to keep his chains around me. That's what we do every day. When you wake up every day and you're not changing and you are still living in the sin that you lived in the day before and the day before and the day before and the day before, then you are doing that. You're saying, Satan, keep your chains on me, buddy. I'm content where I'm at right now. When Jesus is saying, Hey, Brandon, the chains are so loose, I already broke them. Amen. You know, when Jesus died on the cross and He was dead for those three days, okay, we, we don't know exactly. We know that Jesus is in control of everything and that He has the, the, the control of heaven and hell. We know that He put us in control. When He gave Adam and Eve, He said, Hey, here's the keys to earth. You are supposed to control it. You're supposed to run it. You know what us humans said? Hey, here's Satan, take them back. You're nice and big and scary. We wanted nothing to do with it. Then Jesus came and He died on the cross and He took them back again and said, Hey, here you go, man. They're back. And here we get again. We say, Hey, take them back. Of course you're not going to see change. Of course you're not going to see things if you don't believe in change. It's like me waking up every day and saying, Hey, I don't believe that I'm ever going to win a fight. I'm not ever going to win a fight like that. You've got to believe it. You've got to trust it. You've got to expect the change. You've got to expect to be set free. You've got to expect those things or else they're never going to come to pass. You know, we look at Abraham. 
Abraham was given a promise that he would have thousands and thousands of children, so many that he couldn't even count. Abraham, if he would have looked at the natural and looked at the fact that his wife was practically dead and he was practically dead, that it wouldn't have looked like it was going to come to fruitation. But instead, he decided, you know what? I'm going to trust my God who spoke this earth into existence. I'm going to trust His authority. Amen. Yeah, he did get a little sidetracked and he went and tried to make a hit, you know, his own little son. And he did. As believers... We've got to decide what we want to put our trust. Is it in yourself or is it in God? Because if it's you, you'll never, you'll, never, you'll never succeed. You'll continue to fail. I have another scripture for you guys. And it's Romans 10.17. And it says this, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the Word about Christ. Here's the thing, guys. All the time I talk about faith and we talk about being a man or a woman of faith and here's the thing. I told you right in the beginning that there's things that starve your faith. My personal thing that starves my faith is my cell phone. I spend way too much time on that thing. Way too much time. Okay? For some of us in here, it may be TV. For some of us in here, it probably is your cell phone. Maybe it's video games. Whatever it is that is starving your faith in your life, it's time to cut it free. Amen. All the time people say, hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. You can do whatever you want. No, no, it's not. That's, that's totally not biblical. God is calling you to a changed life. Romans 12, 2 tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. You can't have a renewed mind if you're full of the world and you're polluted by the world. James 1, 27 tells us religion and pure and flawless as this is to look after orphans and widows in one distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. I tell you, I see a lot of pollution going on. You don't think video games are pollution. You don't think the TV shows that your kids are watching aren't pollution. You think the things that are not going into the mind are not pollution. You know what? I was watching the fights on Friday night. And during the fights, there was such a demonic commercial that came on. I was like, wow. It was a Midas commercial talking about a possessed car. You're telling me that they're not, they're not trying to make it... Hey, possession's nothing big. Look, it's in a commercial on TV. We're being so polluted, we don't even know what pollution is anymore. Guys, God is calling you to be different. Amen. Without deeds, you can't have faith. That's the whole point of it all. I'm challenging you guys from here on out to say, you know what? I've watched enough TV today. I'm going to turn it off and I'm going to read my Bible. Amen. The way you grow faith is by reading the story of David. David, when he went out there and he saw the giant, and the giant was mocking his God, he said, you know what? I'm not going to fear this giant. I serve a God who's so much bigger than this giant. I'm going to go on. I'm going to kill this giant. And he did. That's where you grow your faith. You grow your faith by hearing the Word of God. By pumping yourself up with the faith of the fact that Jesus says, you can do greater things than I did. And you see that in John it tells us that we can't even know how many things Jesus did because they wouldn't fit in a book. But Jesus says, you can do greater. You know why? Because He's dwelling inside of you. He lives inside of you. Whoever you are, you're dead. And Jesus is supposed to live through your life now. That's faith. Trusting in God. 
Realizing that you're on an unshakable little platform that Jesus is not going to let you sink. He's not going to let you drown. You're going to get close sometimes, yes. But He wants to see that He can trust you. He's never going to fail on His part. If anyone fails, it's you or myself. God has got a lot of promises over your life. But without faith, you can't see Him come to pass. We can't do it if we spend more time with anything of this world than we spend with God. God's calling for a changing, an awakening. He's calling for a, a revival of not just this town, but of the country. Not just of the country, but of the world. He's calling for a spiritual breakthrough on the United States and a spiritual breakthrough on the world and on the country and on everything that's around us. He's calling for spiritual breakthrough. Amen. And you think that that's on us or Him? It's on us. He says, hey, I'm asking you to rise up. You're sitting there and you're like, well, I don't know what He's talking about. I'm telling you that God is saying, hey, you need to step up to the plate. It's your time. It's your time to do what God's called for you. That's what God's got on your life. God wants you to step up and say, hey, if, if we are supposed to be like Elijah and all these other people, then we've got to realize that we are no different. God is just the same as He was today, as He is way back then, as is everything. He's the same God. He's the exact same God. And He's calling for the exact same things to happen right now. Amen. With that, I'm going to pray over you guys. Alright, I'm sure we're going to worship. Alright, let's pray. Dear Jesus, I just come before You, Lord. I thank You so much, Lord, because I know that You are God. I thank You so much because You are an awesome God. You are a God that is calling for spiritual reigning right now upon us, Lord. You're calling for the spiritual reign, so right now, I'm preparing my crops, Lord. I know that right now, the men and women that are sitting in these chairs, right now, in the name of Jesus, they're going to rise up. Faith is going to arise tonight, and it's going to be greater than it's ever been in this town. We're going to see the greatest revival, and it's going to spark right here in the town of Springville. We we are going to see an uprising and a rebellion in the name of Jesus. We are going to see change. We are going to see people being set free, not only physically, but spiritually and emotionally through you, Jesus. We believe that, Lord. We know that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and nothing compares to you, God. Nothing is greater than you. Nothing is even close to fathoming you, Lord. We praise you and we thank you because you are God. We pray over the hearts of the people in here tonight, Lord. We pray that they rise up. We say dry bones in the name of Jesus come alive. We say in the name of Jesus for an outpouring of your spirit Lord. We say Holy Spirit come upon this room. We say right now in the name of Jesus stand up. Be different. We declare that over the people in here, Lord Jesus. We pray for an uprising so great, Abba Father, that the Satan cannot stop it. We pray that as we leave this building, that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, Lord. We pray that we decide we are no longer going to be polluted, but we are only going to be filled with You, Lord. We pray that over our lives, Lord. We declare it over our lives. We're preparing the crops, Lord Jesus, to receive it. We're receiving the rain. We're receiving the awakening. That's why we continue to meet, Lord. We're not going to leave until we see change. We're not going to back down until we see a revival. We are not going to leave, Jesus, because Son of David, we expect it. We love you, Jesus, and we are so thankful for who you are, God. We are so thankful for you sending your Son. We praise you and we thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
so much we have 